All right, this is Joy. Joy, can you tell our family, your family, what happened to you down in the orphanage a year and a half ago? All right, when I was um, there you go. down at the mission, I'm a missionary nurse down there, and I'm down there about half of the year. And my friend Nora is with me. She lives down there. So anyway, um, I had had this uh, problem with my bladder for probably several months, maybe a year. And it was just getting to the point where I thought I needed to go home from the mission. And um, Mark and his, and Chris, I believe. Was Chris Prytower, yeah. Yeah, was his name. And he was uh, conducting a healing service. And I thought, okay, Lord, maybe, okay, I'm going to go to that healing service. And if nothing happens, I'm, I've got to go home because this is, I can't do my job down here and it's not working out. So Nora and I went actually that night and it was like Chris said, okay, I want all the back people over in that corner and I want all the heart people over in that corner. And I thought, I wonder where the bladder people are going. <laughs> and I didn't hear him ever say that. So anyway, it was, it was kind of funny. And there was a huge group of back people and people were getting healed. I mean, right before our eyes. There was a young man, that, a boy, I think he was 14, had come in and he had been in an accident and it had left his leg permanently at a right angle and he, he walked in or he hobbled in and he was not putting on. You know, sometimes you're skeptical and you think, oh, I wonder if he's putting that on. Well, as, as Mark and Chris prayed for this man or this boy, his leg straightened out and he walked down the aisle. And I said, okay, Lord, if he did that, you yeah. can take care of this one. Yeah. So anyway, Nora and I waited and waited. There was a lot of people there that night. And I said, Nora, we got to go up there or they're going to close this meeting because there was people had been healed and they were leaving and all that. And there was about 10 of us left, I think. And Nora pushed me up to the front. She said, you go first. So... I went up there and I told um, Chris my story and I noticed that he had been putting his hands on people wherever their, their illness was and I thought, I wonder what he's going to do. And so I'm thinking, oh dear. So he said, okay. Um, and I told him that the doctors, I'd seen several doctors and whatever they had tried had not worked. And so Chris said, this is good, because he said, the doctors have tried everything, and it hasn't worked, so God's going to get the glory here. Right. So he said, you put your hands on your bladder. So I was very relieved. <laughs> and so he put his hand over my hands. And I thought, well, he's done this one before. So, okay, and he, he prayed a very simple prayer. I, I couldn't even tell you what it was. It was just a few sentences and he, he did tell me um, after the prayer he said no I think it was before he said if you have any symptoms of this problem afterwards he said do not assume that you weren't healed he said you just rebuke that and you say okay God I need to take care of this the demons or whatever are trying to discourage and 
anyway, he handle it that way. So I knew when he prayed, I knew absolutely that it was done. Nothing happened to me. I didn't get hot. I didn't get cold. I didn't fall down. I didn't do anything. But I knew it was taken care of. And from that moment, I didn't have to go home. I didn't have one more problem till about a week ago, I would say. I had a little symptom of the same thing. This is a year and a half later. A year and a half later. Just last week. Last week. And I thought, oh, no. Okay, he said, rebuke it. So I, had a, I got with God, and I, I rebuked that, and I said, the, demon, the demons have got to go. There's no place for them here. It's done. God said it was done. And it was done, right? Amen. Within minutes, it was Amen. Done. That's a great word, Joy. Amen. Well, thank you, Joy. So prayer teams, please come down. Can we all stand again? And let's just engage in worship just for about another five minutes. And let's let Jesus do some surgery in this house. Maybe you've had a stronghold of some kind that you need broken. Just come on down. Don't wait. Okay, this is like Christmas. Just run to the tree. Come on down here and let Jesus begin to break strongholds, heal incurable diseases, chronic illnesses. He's breaking addictions and strongholds in the house. There's a strong anointing in the house this morning for the impossible. Maybe we'll take the next couple of Sundays and address those, those questions. But back to this thing about men not being invited to the women's party. Is that, can the Holy Spirit come? I want to say this in regards to our guest speaker today, uh, Paula Friedrichson. Sometimes there are things that uh, we just believe that I, don't, that I think everybody does. I just assume. And then I find out that there's real controversy over, so you have to say something publicly. I just want to declare in this place today that we honor women in leadership. God, God made Adam and Eve, and he gave them dominion over the earth. And ever since the fall, women have been dishonored, even in the church. I remember Paul Cho, the pastor of the largest church in the world, at one time when it was a small church of just a couple hundred thousand, he asked the Lord, he said, where are all the men? And Jesus said, use the women. Now that was a real issue, not only doctrinally, but culturally. And so he lost half of his male staff, but then his church exploded. He ended up with uh, 40,000 home groups and 39,000 were led by women. And uh, half of his pastoral team are women. We got to just stop dishonoring women in the kingdom of God. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, we're, this series is about honoring the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is upon a woman, we need to honor that woman and the Holy Spirit upon that woman and the gifts upon that woman in the same way you would do a man. We do not tolerate Jezebel, but we also do not tolerate male chauvinism in the kingdom of God. There's neither male nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Can I hear an Amen. amen. So we have strong women in this church, and I love it because they scare the devil. They scare you, don't they? Think about how the devil feels. Love it. From day one, I've asked the Lord to add to us valiant men and women whose hearts God has touched, and he has answered that prayer. One of them is Paula Friedrichson, and uh, she, she truly is a prophetess, and um, the Lord spoke to her. She, he spoke my name 
like audibly to her, woke her up. And, uh, and she Facebooked me. And uh, thank God I was on Facebook. You could find me. And she said, this is what the Lord, the word of the Lord is. And man, it was a timely word. And I know she's got a timely word for you today. So let's welcome Paula Friedrichson. Well, I do have a word for you today, and um, let's start, am I good? Yes, I'm on, right? Yeah. Let's start with prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We love you so much. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do today, Lord. Thank you, Father, um, for the picture you showed me of this church, and they were gathered, and they were in unity, and they were excited, and they were ready, and they're ready for the next thing. And so, Father, we just thank you for the good work you're doing here. We bless it. Thank you uh, just even for this time, this encouragement to them. Just bless the words of my mouth, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, you know, as we were worshiping, the Lord gave me a picture of you guys, and uh, it was of a fountain. And you were um, a beautiful, sparkling fountain, and you had been for, for a while. You had been, the life-giving waters had been coming up and out from you guys. And, um, but I felt like the Lord said that um, this season that you're in right now, meaning really just the last few and the next few weeks of this time, that he was bringing sort of a tipping point to the fountain. And I saw you, you had been faithful to take water from the fountain and take it to Mexico and take it to areas and that you were using the life-giving water he had given you for the good of those around you and the good of the community and the good of sort of those far, far and near. But I saw that there was a point now where the fountain would begin to overflow its constraints and it would flow out. And I saw it going down um, all the way to the ocean to the shoreline, and I saw it going down in through Mexico, and I saw it going up through the north. That it's, I really believe you're going to start to see a season now where you've gone past that point where it can be contained, and it overflows, and it flows out. And so, yeah, just um, be encouraged that this is your season for that. And so as I was preparing this message, the Lord said to me, um, that you guys have had your seasons of breaking through. You've, you know, broken through into more revelation. You've broken through into more light. You've broken through into seeing more healings. You've broken through into seeing people get free from bondages. You've, you've, you know, tasted, you've seen of what God has been doing, and you've really been walking in that. You stepped through to that, and you've been walking in that. And then um, he showed me that in that you had overcome times of temptation, and you had let the Lord refine you. And you, I mean, I really am seeing this maturity and this sort of place that you're coming to where there's a fullness and there's a maturity on you and about you that, um, that can only come with overcoming. And I also saw authority, that you guys have authority and you've been walking in that authority more. And then he showed me that you've had seasons of building 
that it's been time of expanding, of solidifying, of getting your hands dirty, of digging in. There was an increase of favor that you guys could say, yeah, we're definitely operating in more favor than we used to. And so you had done that. And it was the work of the ministry, you know, with the women, I know, the women's ministry, the men's ministry, the Mexico ministry, sort of areas and cities that you had gone. God said, take them. You took them. You had them. And you actually have been inhabiting those. Okay, so you've had those seasons, but I felt like the Lord said, now is the season of conquest. And, and one thing he said is, you've been here before. It's not that you haven't conquered and had times of conquest before, because you have. That's how you have those things. That's how you've gotten your hands dirty. That's how you, you can't build anything if you haven't conquered anything. You conquer, then you build upon it. Then you conquer, then you build upon it. And this was an, a new season for you guys of coming in and conquering and building upon more. And I felt like it's because you've been faithful with uh, what has, God has given you, and now he's giving you more, and now it's a season to, to take more. And so um, I feel like this season right now will parallel really well with Joshua um, leading the Israelites o- over the Jordan River. And again, you've been here before. You've, you're, you could be like, wow, God used that parallel in my life before, and he has. It's because you've been here before. But now it's a new season. It's a new time and time to take new things and different things and more and higher and bigger. And so um, the Lord was showing me that you've had those times of manna in the desert. And I really felt like he wanted me to encourage you that you have been so great at receiving the word of the Lord that you have collected the manna, you've eaten it, you've digested it, it's nourished you, that you're the kind of people that when God speaks a prophetic word, you, you record it, you write it down, you value it. And that, I mean, that stokes the, the fires of more prophetic word and it stokes the excitement of God. He's like, oh, these are people who love my word, who are interested in my word, who will eat it and digest it, who will meditate on it, who will get out those prophetic words and transcribe them and search them out. And I saw that you were people who had taken those prophetic words and you had actually searched it out for more. Well, what is, like, there's that first layer, that first meaning that God will speak with a prophetic word, but there's always more layers. Then there's another layer. Then there's another layer. And I saw that you had done that and you had been um, nourished by it. And um, in Josh 2.24, it says, um, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. And I just felt like God wanted you to know you know, you may just see yourself as this, you know, local church, this community church, you know, just living life with God and with each other in fellowship, right? But I felt like the Lord was saying they have no idea what is happening in the heavenly realms right now. And one thing I was telling John is what I saw and what I heard was I saw you guys as a group and there was this mid-level excitement and there was this talking and, and, and rumbling and you guys were discussing and you were waiting and God was about to do something with you. And, and you were starting to get a sense like we're supposed to go into something new now. We're supposed to go further in him. There's supposed to be more increase. Like this isn't where you were supposed to camp and go, Woo! You know, we're here, we're right by the Jordan, and there's water, it's beautiful, it's great, but you were supposed to go over it into something new, into something else. And, um, 
And so I feel like the Lord wants you to know the enemy knows what's going on. The angelic realm knows what's going on. And now you guys need to be fully awake and you need to know what's going on in this season. You need to lift your heads up out of your own circumstances, maybe even your own blessings. You need to lift your heads up and say, wait, where are we going? Because you're moving in mass. You're moving across into this, into this new thing and you're, you have to go together. And so I just felt like the Lord was like, awake, 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 awake. It's an awake season now. It's a season to, to look up and to see where he's taking you. You can't go somewhere if you're looking down. You've got to see where he's taking you. You've got to look, up, look across the river and say, well, what's over there? What is the new thing? And get stoked to go. And I'm, I'm just feeling so strongly that the Lord is saying, and there are others that are supposed to go with you, but they won't go unless you specifically ask them. And I mean, I feel like there's, there's just a handful over here and a handful over here of people that you are supposed to bring others with you. They're, they're friends, their neighbors, their relatives, or whatever. But they were literally made for this place. And you've been like, ah, I don't know. You know, I don't want to push myself on them. They have a church, or, they, or maybe they're, uh, they don't go to church right now. I feel so strongly, the Lord says, you will not be stealing them from another church. If God has put it on your heart to say, you've got to hear what's going on at our church, just do it. You don't have to convince them. Just tell them what's going on because there's, there's other people that are supposed to be here. There's some more people that are supposed to join you for this season, just for now. This is for now. This is for the next thing. And this will be the delight of their hearts. And so even as I'm saying it, I know that there's people that are kind of coming to mind. And I just feel like the Lord says, yes, it's them. And this will be the delight of their hearts. What's on the other side of this is perfect. It's set up perfectly for some certain people in your life. There's some freedom over there for them. There's a second act for some of them. Some of them thought, well, I guess this is it. I guess this is, you know, what life is. I guess this is what my walk with God is. But there's a second act over in, um, in this promised land that you guys are crossing over, over this shore, and there's a second act. There's a time for more. There's a time for, to step more fully into those things God called you to. And for some of you, it's a time where God has spoken to you, but you haven't seen it, and you were like, well, I don't know. I mean, where is that thing? It's really, actually, it's on the other side of the Jordan. I promise that thing you've been waiting for, and you're like, why isn't it manifested? I've stood, I've prayed, I've believed God, I believe the prophetic word, and you know, you've been waiting, 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 and I just feel like the Lord says, I see you've been waiting, but it's on the other side of the Jordan now. Be brave, be strong, don't fear, go forward, and step into what God has called you to. Okay, so the Lord showed me that there were four keys to conquest, not in, uh, in a general way, but in a specific way for you guys. There were four keys for conquest. And the first was, um, I'm going to read Joshua 3, 3 through 4. It says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are the Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. And even though you've been in this place of conquest before, you've never been this way before. This is a new way. It's something new that God is doing for you guys. It's a, it's a no more staying in the boundaries of the lovely fountain. This is a tipping point. It's a time where you guys are going to be flowing out, where God's work in you is going to be flowing out. Where um, the Lord showed me he was going to be giving your leadership some radical ideas 
that it'd be easy to be like, oh, I don't know, like, you know, how much is that going to cost us? Or, or, you know, or do we have enough people to do it? Do we have enough resources to do it? That he was going to start giving you guys some radical ideas and some ideas that were a little out there, a little, a little bit bigger than what you guys have right here. <laughs> but I really believe, and I'm not just saying this because like, oh, I'm buddies with, I'm, no, this doesn't have to do with me being buddies with anyone. This has to do with the word of the Lord. And that is, I really feel like God says, you are going to miss something great if you don't just say, we trust you, let's go. We trust you, let's go. Let's just go. So, okay, and so that, that first one is ongoing direction and confirmation. This is for you as a church and this is for you guys as individuals. And that is God will continue to confirm his word to you. Haven't you, um, don't you love how when God speaks to you, he'll speak this way. You know, he'll give you scripture. He'll give you a prophetic word. And then someone will text you with the exact thing you needed. And then you'll see a license plate that's got the exact scripture reference on it. And don't you? And then you'll watch a show on TV. And they'll just say the exact sentence that God said to you earlier. And like, he practically paints it in the sky. I mean, if you are listening, he will absolutely confirm his word to you. And um, one time years ago, that, that was happening to me over something. And I was like, gosh, it's almost like, it's almost too clear. And the Lord said, don't miss me in the obvious. <laughs> and that's what we do. We miss God in the obvious because it's so obvious. It's almost like, well, I mean, really, can this be God? Yes. Yes, if it's slapping you across the face and it's like waking you up and it's obvious and it's come at you from 15 different directions, it's totally God. Don't miss him because he's being clear with you. He's being clear with you because you're not his servant. You're his friend, first and foremost. You're his beloved. With your beloved, don't you whisper the things? Don't you talk about your plans? Don't you tell them what you're planning on doing? Yeah. And so that's how he treats you. And so um, it was reminding me of writing my, um, my first book. I, I wrote a book about marriage, and that was one of those circumstances where I was out on a walk, and all of a sudden I felt like, I think I'm supposed to write a book. But, of course, you wouldn't just take that, right? I mean, because you, you you're not sure. You're like, well, maybe that's just me thinking I should write a book. Okay, so I'm like, I think I should write a book. So that's where it began, the seed. And then um, I got some scriptures, and it seemed to confirm. I think maybe I should write a book. And then... Somebody came up to me and said, I have a prophetic word for you. I think you're supposed to write a book, right? And then I decided to try and go to this conference, and every door opened for me to go to it. And then at the conference, one of the things that you actually were paying the fee for was to pitch your idea to literary agents. So then I, I pitched my idea to a literary agent. And then he said, um, well, maybe. And I thought, okay, I mean, like, you know, I just, and, and I remember the scriptures I read during that whole conference. I, I just stayed in the same scripture every day, and I just, I kept reading that scripture, and I was like, God is speaking to me to write a book. But then you have, do you know that feeling where you almost get out too far out on the limb, and you're like, if this thing cracks off, I'm, I'm, it's going to be hard. Like, really, it's going to be crushing, because I think I've heard God, and if it cracks off and I fall, I'm going to be crushed, and I'm going to have to go through that whole feeling of, like, I don't hear God after all. You know, <laughs> like I thought I heard God. I don't hear God. And so you get so far out on that limb, you're like, oh, please don't break. Please don't break. Please don't break. And um, I've had a few break, and so have you. And guess what? We lived through it. 
Okay, you're not that precious that you can't go through trying to hear God and not hearing him right, and whoops, you fell, and it's embarrassing, and it's hard, and you live through it, and you, you'll even forget about it. Like, don't get so, so stuck on, I can't get too far out there, because then if it's not right, you know, I'll, I'll just be crushed and, and hurt. You'll live through it. And so I'm out on this limb on the very edge, and I'm reading the scripture. I'm at this conference. I'm like, I think God wants me to write a book. I mean, he is speaking. And now I'm starting to proclaim it. God, thank you for the book I'm going to write. I'm going to write a book. <laughs> and then I meet the literary agent. And he's like, yeah, maybe. And then um, we talk on the phone when I get home. And he's like, no, oh, I don't think so. You know, you're not my cup of tea. And I was like, <laughs> I know. And I was like, you have to say yes. I mean, God said it. And like, you know that feeling where you know that you know. And by then, I was, I was dangling off the limb. I was so far out. And so I just said to him, you can't say no. I'm supposed to write this book. I know I'm supposed to write it. Yeah. And I wouldn't let him off the phone till he agreed to think about it. And he goes, I, I promise you I'll think about it and pray about it. And I said, okay. And he goes, give me one week. Don't call me. <laughs> I'll call you in a week. So I said, okay. So the next day he calls me. And he says, uh, we're going to write a book together. You're going to write a book, and I'm going to be your literary agent, and uh, it's going to get published. And he said, we're going to, yeah, isn't that cool? He said, we're going to do that. And I said, well, I thought you wanted a week, and what happened? And he goes, I was out on a walk. I was praying, and the Lord gave me the title to your book, and he told me that, that we're going to do this. And it was The Man You Always Wanted is the One You Already Have, which is such a great title. And, of course, sold it to the publisher, and I got to write a book about marriage, and I got to impact marriages. You know, it sounds so glamorous, like, oh, you wrote a book. And then you get to go on TV and talk about it and all that. But it was about the most embarrassing, humiliating, awful sin I ever committed. And so, you know, promoting it wasn't that fun. I told the story. <laughs> I told the story. I counted and I told the story of my almost affair about 80 times. I'm not exaggerating. Between radio and TV, and if you don't include articles, yeah, it was probably closer to 100. I told it and 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 told it. And it was hard every time. But the point is, God cobbled together his will, and over the course of a couple months, I began to see it, and I began to see it. And you know, if there's any point during that time that I could have been like, uh, I'm checking out. I'm, I don't want to fall. I don't want to have thought I heard God and didn't. But, but I, I let him cobble it together, and I went forward on that. And hearing God, and I know you guys will agree, is always like that. It's very, very rarely a sure thing, a, a something that you could, you know, you have zero doubt there's always a little bit of doubt, but when God starts to cobble together what he's saying to you, believe him. Believe don't, don't miss him in the obvious. If he has spoken it, in the, or you could be like healing. He spoke a scripture. He spoke through other people. You saw the thing and all these things like go together. And the picture is God's going to heal your, your problem, your disease or whatever. And it is so easy to just get weary of standing on that word. And just be like, well, I haven't seen it happen. Well, the woman with the issue of blood, it was 12 years. Don't you think that that's, I mean, come on. She had to walk through that thing for a while. And so believe God. Believe his word. Um, let that ongoing direction and confirmation speak to you. Okay. And then the second um, thing that you need to go into a time of conquest is you need eyes to see. This is so important these are directions that I felt like the Lord spoke to me to give you. And I mean, I say that with boldness and confidence and humility. I really believe this is a word for you guys now. That he said, tell them to have spiritual eyes to see. Do not look at the natural. So 
that means if, if, if you start to hear prophetically that more people are supposed to be added to you, that there were friends and family members who want, need, will love to be here, start to believe that. That if God says you're going to overrun the boundaries of the fountain, believe that. That if he says he's going to take you down to the ocean and down through Mexico and up north, believe that. He's moving now. But you can only believe it if you have eyes to see. You have to have spiritual eyes. So natural eyes for those Israelites is there was giants in the land and fortified cities. So you could be like, you know what, Paula, there's a lot of churches here in San Diego. Okay, this isn't Bishop. This isn't Podunkville. There's a lot of, lot of great churches, a lot of thriving churches. There's already a lot going on. There's a lot of conferences. There's a, you know, there's just a lot going on. We're good. We're just good. But the Lord said, I want to use you. <laughs> See? I want to use you. There's something particular that only you can do. I want to use this group to do some things that are specific and particular and wonderful and glorious. So it doesn't matter what else is going on. And then the other thing, if you have um, just naturalized, you go, well, the people here, the leaders are so imperfect, right? And this is what, this is what I hope. I hope that by now your pastors have allowed you to see that they are imperfect. Because if you've already arrived there, then you can get past it. Because the pastors and the leaders are imperfect, you know? Bill Johnson is imperfect, right? I know. <laughs> I know. Benny Hinn is imperfect. Joyce Meyer is imperfect. Beth Moore is imperfect. And I don't know. I can't think of any leaders right now. But, right, you get the point, right? The point is they're, they're imperfect people. They're frail people leading. And so, but if you only have natural eyes, then what happens? You go for a while, you get excited about the vision, you get excited about where you're going, but then you see imperfect behavior and you let that stumble you. That is just natural eyes. Look with the eyes of your spirit and say, that's right, God will always be using imperfect people to lead. It just is what it is. We're just all human. And the point is, where is God going? And where is he taking you? He is perfect. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> <laughs> And then in the naturalized, there was grumbling. They were fearful. They were unqualified. You know, this whole generation had been in the desert. Do you know they were young and unqualified? They were inexperienced. And yet Joshua's like, these are my fighting men. He gathered all the fighting men. Fighting men? They had been in the desert for 40 years. The entire generation before had died out. And yet these were the people that they were going to go conquer the promised land. And so don't go by inexperience. Don't worry about that, even with yourself and the things God has spoken to you. If you look in the natural, you'll just see why you aren't qualified to do it. If I looked in the natural, I would say, well, who am I to write a book? I didn't, I didn't go to college. I didn't even really know I was an especially good writer. I will tell you now that I'm a pretty good writer. I can write. I mean, I'm not a great writer, but I'm okay. But I didn't even know that gift was in there. If you looked at qualifications, I was totally unqualified. I was a housewife in the middle of nowhere. And so, you know what? If you look at your own qualifications to what God has called you to, you will not advance. You will stay and you'll say, when I get more qualified, then I'll go forward. When I get more experience, then I'll go forward. And there are times where the Lord is wanting you to wait on more experience, but a lot of times it's just us, just sort of languishing in the waiting and someday and later. So the spiritual eyes 
what they saw, what the Israelites saw was the promise of God, God's ongoing direction, signs and wonders, the Jordan River, river piling up and so that they could cross. And they had, in Joshua, they had a godly, adventurous leader. And I really feel like the Lord is saying, your team that's leading you here are adventurous. They're godly and adventurous. They're not perfect. But there's an adventure awaiting you guys. And there is just to trust. And it's kind of like getting on the roller coaster. And it's like, I've never been on one like that. And then this one you're getting on, it goes upside down. And it like, you know, goes 300 miles an hour. And it's like does all these crazy things. And you're like, I don't normally like roller coasters. And, you know, they kind of scare me. But I just feel like the Lord says, quit trying to figure it all out before you uh, buckle in. Just buckle in and see where I take you, because it's going to be good. <clears throat> okay, so this is the other thing I felt like the Lord said. He said, tell them, look at what you have. Look at what you have with eyes of faith. What do you guys have? Sitting here, this group, you have a vibrant group of people. You are a vibrant group. You have a dynamic presence of the Holy Spirit. As you walk in the room, you can feel the presence of God, right? Yeah. Okay. You have a core team of committed leaders, right? Yeah. yeah. You have anointed, gifted worship. You have a worship leader that could be worshiping in front of thousands and thousands and thousands, and that's what God is giving you. Why? Is it so you could go, oh, the worship here is just so wonderful. We're so lucky. No, he has a bigger picture involved, right? He has a bigger plan. There's something more going on here. There's something bigger going on. He has a plan to, to run over the fountain boundaries. He has a plan to go out. But you have to labor against your own unbelief. Labor against it. Don't allow it. Push against it. Say, why am I complacent in that place of, of thinking, well, maybe, well, let's see. Just saddle up and go. Go across. It's going to be good. Faith will parlay what you have into what God has promised. I'm going to say that again. Faith will parlay what you have into what God has promised. What you have is already an aspect of his promises, right? What you're sitting here in as a body is already what God has promised. What you have in your lives individually, many of you, you're already experiencing and tasting of what God has promised, right? Faith will parlay that into the promise, the fulfillment. You know, we all know, we all understand that we are, we are just a breath away from being on the other side. This life is short. This is just... Uh, just a moment. And what you do on this side is going to matter so much to you when you stand before him. It's going to matter that you believe. It, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If there was ever a time for faith, it's on this side of heaven. Yeah. See, later you won't need it. On this side is the time to say, I believe we are going forward. I believe God has more for us. I believe God is going to greatly impact our community and our nation and our world with the presence of this body. 
You think, well, I don't want to get all high and mighty. I don't want to wish for something that won't happen. You aren't. God is speaking it. I bet I'm not the first one to say it. God is doing it. He's confirming it. He's saying it every which way he can. You'll find that everybody who comes through here from now on is going to be saying the same thing to you. They're going to be saying, get ready and cross over. Come on, go forward in what God has. And it'd be easy to sit there and be like, I don't know, I don't know. But like I said, this side is where faith is important. This side is where it's going to matter that you plucked up your courage. You were no longer afraid and you said, I'm going to step into all God has for me. I'm going to believe his word to me. Okay, and then the third um, thing that you really need to go into a season of conquest is consecration. So Joshua 1.7 says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn away from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. And um, a while ago, a couple years, the Lord showed me a vision very simple, but really profoundly affected me. And um, you know how if you slice an orange, you have an orange and you slice it in half that way? Remember when you were a little kid and you would, you would pop it inside out, right? And then eat the orange segments off. And the Lord said to me, you're that orange. And if there's any rot in you, my people are eating it, right? Because we're ministers. We're to be ministering to each other. We're to be ministering to our community, we're to be ministering to the world and as a church that it's important that when, when the world pushes you and gets to eat of the fruit and to eat who you are, that there's no rot. And that so impacted me because before that there had been like these little besetting sins that I'd be like, oh Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't want to do that anymore. And then I do it and I'd be like, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm going to try not to do that anymore. And I just felt like I couldn't just like break through and stop doing the things he said to stop doing. And this so impacted me because I realized that people would be eating of the fruit of my life. And what he said to me was, I will not permit you to go any further in your ministry until you stop those things so that you do not suffer the consequences of serving my people rotted fruit. See, he was sparing me. <laughs> sparing you too but right you're sparing me and so the consecration that God expects before we cross over into a new thing is always a new level than it was before it's not something you do in your flesh I'm going to try and be good I'm going to try to be better that's not it at all it's just a new level of consecration that um, you can't go into the new thing unless he knows the fruit that you're going to be producing for the world around you is pure and isn't rotted and that will help you that right there will help you to clean up your act because those things that I said I can't Lord I just can't control myself I'm just so sorry I Lord I've tried you see me trying and you know I've been trying and then when he said you, you I will not permit you to go any further in your ministry till you stop done <laughs> come on really done I was done all you have to do is offer me a reward and like I'm all yours apparently so <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so a consecration really equals obedience and let me tell you obedience equals blessing read Deuteronomy uh, chapter uh, 28 to just it's just so it's like if you obey if you obey if you obey and yeah now we do it by the spirit we don't have to do it in the flesh we don't have to tough it out we do it by the spirit that he gave us 
but obedience still equals blessing in the blessing he wants to give us. And so um, you could think, well, okay, I've gone through those times of consecration and obedience, and I'm stepping into that thing that God said to me, and it'll be all different things for all, you know, for different people, but like God said something to you, and a, a marriage restoration, a um, ministry opportunity, or writing maybe, or whatever, and, and you're ready to step in, and, and you think, well, what if this consecration that God's called me to, the, to lay down these hard things that I loved, what if that doesn't result in me going forward into this new thing God called me? But it will. It's the same as, okay, what if um, you start, God speaks to you to start eating healthy, and you eat healthy. Every meal, pretty much, of your life, you're eating healthy, life-giving foods. You're having smoothies with fruit and spinach and all kinds of stuff, right? And you're eating salads, and you're eating, and you're eating vegetables, and you're just eating whole grains, and you're eating all this healthy stuff. Your cells will not be denied nourishment from healthy food. You don't even have to have faith for it. Plain and simple, your cells will refuse to be denied. They will not be denied. You nourish your body with healthy food, and your cells will simply take it in. It is a law, right? That's how obedience is. You just consecrate your life. You just knock off the stuff God has told you to stop doing. Quit saying, I can't, I can't, I'm too hard. It's not too hard. You can do it. You're an inside-out orange. He's going to pop you open. You want it to be clean, what, you, what people are eating from you and, and of your life. And so God, he sees obedience, and it's irresistible to him. Yeah. He is so drawn to it. He's like, oh, there's a hardcore radical one that will not be denied. And so just like your body won't be denied to be nourished, your spirit will not be denied to be nourished. When you obey, you know what happens? Confidence comes, right? If your heart does not condemn you, you can ask from God anything you want, and he will do it. Your heart's no longer condemning you with those little petty sins going on, and now you're ready to go over and cross over. And I love that with the Israelites, the Lord did this mass consecration with them. And so I just know that this is a season right now where the Lord is saying, hey, lay down the sins that so easily entangle. He's like, it's not going to be worth it. What I have for you is so much greater and so much better. Those little things that have dogged you for years and you're like, I've tried. This is your season. This is where you're going to see the power infused for you to walk that thing out. Because it's a specific season God has for you. And so it's a season of conquest. He is going to help you get rid of those things. He is going to deliver you from them. You can say, well, I've tried before. I've tried and I've been disappointed because I've gone back. This is a new season. Today is a new day. You can lay those things down and you can run with him and go forward with him. Okay, a couple quick examples is um, uh, years ago when I first uh, came to the Lord, I had panic attacks and I didn't know what it was then. But, you know, later I, I found out what it was, but I had panic attacks. And it was so funny. I was so childlike in my walk with God. I suffered with those for about six months and it was just tormenting. And they would just come out of nowhere, and I'd just be fine. And then I would have this crushing on my chest, and I couldn't breathe, and I'd be afraid, and I'd be sweating, and the whole thing. And I was like, God, you have to deliver me. And so I was on the floor one day, begging God, please, Lord, anything. And he spoke. He told me to obey something. I obeyed it, and they were gone. 
never to return. I've never had another panic attack. I mean, he's so supernatural. And it's so funny because I was just a brand new Christian and just a young woman and just obedience resulted in complete freedom. It's just the coolest thing. It equaled blessing. Obedience equals blessing every time. And it doesn't mean I have to walk perfect in a tightrope to get God to bless me. No, not at all. You're his friend. He loves you. He's going to bless you regardless. He's going to give good gifts to his children regardless. But I'm talking about do you want the new thing he has? Do you want to cross over into the more he has? Do you want to take the ground that he's told you he has for you to take? Do you want to go as a church into this new season and impact the community? Because the thing is he'll find someone else to do it if you guys don't, but I know you will. I know you will. I know that you'll cross over into more. Okay, and then the ability to receive. We're almost done. <clears throat> so this is what I felt like God said for you guys. Evict a spirit of disappointment. So you get disappointed, and it's like this thing lodges in you. And, um, and when you're disappointed, you say things like, I knew it wouldn't turn out. Oh, people usually disappoint me. Well, this is par for the course, right? I knew it, that kind of stuff. And I felt like the Lord said, evict that. A spirit of disappointment will literally pave the way for more disappointment to find you. You must evict it. Evict it from your life. It'll stop you from entering in. It'll stop you from going into the new thing. Um, Psalm 50:23 says, "He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me, and he prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God." And so, as you sacrifice thanksgiving, you roll out the red carpet for the Holy Spirit. You actually draw God's salvation to you. Don't roll out the red carpet to the enemy with a spirit of disappointment. Nothing turns out. I've been disappointed in the past. Um, let that go. Um, I was uh, having a talk with someone um, last year, and I said, you know, I think I'm going to get my website redesigned, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, and I'm going to do that. And I was just talking about plans, and they said to me, you know what? You should just put your energies elsewhere. You should just, like, you know, maybe you should get a job doing this or that. And I was like, seriously? Thank you for believing in me. <laughs> you know, guy, wow. <laughs> but um, a spirit of disappointment will stop you from seeing the excitement and the goals and the joy in your own life and in the lives of others. You'll be the perpetual wet blanket, you know? <laughs> but the thing is, God wants you to always have eyes to see. He doesn't want you to say, okay, well, you know, it hasn't worked out exactly like I thought it would up to here, and so I'm not going to believe up to here. He wants you to turn your back on that and say, okay, well, that was then, so let's see now. So you could say, well, I've God has spoken prophetically over my ministry, but I haven't seen the full manifestation of it. Then keep going. Are you dead? If you're not dead, then keep going, keep running, keep pressing into it, because there's more. He has more. Okay, and then the last point is get along. And again, um, this, is, this is a specific direction for you guys individually in your lives and as a group. And I really believe it's what God is saying for this next season. Get along. Okay, Joshua 4.13. Is that get along or get along? Along. <laughs> yeah, I am the best wife and mother before anybody gets up in the morning. And then I'm like, oh, I guess I wasn't in a good mood. I just thought I was. 
Joshua 4.13 says, about 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho uh, for war. And that was actually just a segment of the Israelite army. But just think about those 40,000. These are 40,000 real human beings, real men. They've been camping together, they've been living together, and now they're crossing over with a common goal. Do you think all of them got along? Probably not. I mean, don't you think there was a few obnoxious ones in the group that just stirred the pot? And I mean, really, there was probably some gossips. There was probably some jerks, right? And within 40,000 men, there were a few jerks, okay? <laughs> or no, women. I mean, it just happened to be men. They had a common goal. They had a common goal, right? They had a mission, and so do you. You might think, well... You know, I don't know if I like this type of leadership, or I don't know if I like this or that. You have a goal. And whether you specifically just love each and every facet of each other's personality really does not matter. Because your core goal is go ahead and affect our community in the most radical, outrageous, glorious, phenomenal way. Your goal, common as a group, is go out into this community and do things with, that are so highly creative that other people are like, how did they think of that? Where did that come? Why, did, why are they doing that? Your goal is to be so cutting edge that not one of you can be sort of exhausted and worn down because you're so excited about what God is doing in your church body. And that it can be like that, it is like that. It's what God has called us to, to be excited for the directions that we're going. And I was thinking about um, just some of the parenting debates on like, um, you know, that you read about. And I was thinking about like attachment parenting compared to scheduled parenting. And how a lot of times those same women are all in the same church. They might even be in the same groups. And yet one of them is, you know, you must hold your baby at all time. Never let them cry. Nurse them till they're four. And actually, I did a lot of that. I, I did a lot of that sort of attachment parenting. It was just how I wanted to parent, okay? It was just how I was made. It just worked with my personality. You have those kind of people. And then you have the scheduling parents. You know, the, the Heather's sister, Bethany, she's like, her kids popped out. They were on a schedule. Boom. <laughs> you are flowing with this family, and this is how we do it. And, like, she's the best kids ever. You know, but so do I. Right? So, so the point is there are different ways of doing it. There are, can be radically different ways of doing it. And yet we have a common goal. And what is the common goal? Raise godly kids who are contributing members of society and have good social skills. <laughs> That's just an added one, but I just think that Christian kids, <laughs> Christian kids need good social skills. <laughs> well, because if no one likes you, you really can't witness to anyone, right? So, <laughs> right? Our goal is the same. So while I could look at Bethany and be like, well, it's pretty harsh to put a three-week-old baby on a schedule, and she could look at me and like, put the baby down, ugh, right? Just, you know, just disconnect yourself from your kids. We're, we all have the same goal, and that's how it is with you guys. I just felt like the Lord said, this is a time to overlook the things that you don't agree with with each other, and as God begins to, to add to you, you're going to have to do this even more. As he begins to add to you, and there's more people that become a part of you, there's going to be some people that you just say they're weird, but this is the thing. Everybody's weird. You're all weird. We're all weird. 
we just are. It's just everyone's weird until you get to know them, and then sometimes they're weirder and sometimes they're not as weird. <laughs> okay, so the Lord, I just heard like this, this chorus that the Lord was like saying over you, and it was like, we will get along, we will forgive, we will forget, we will love. We will go forward into fulfillment, destiny, and fruitfulness. We will get along, we will forgive, we will forget, we will love, we will go forward into fulfillment, destiny, and fruitfulness. The last thing I want to end with is a scripture, and that is in Esther 5.6. This is what I really felt like the Lord said to me during my quiet time for you guys. He said, now what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? It will be granted. I sensed his love for you guys as a group. I sensed that he has seen every place you've been, where you've gone, and he sees what you're called to. And I really felt like you had some free reign um, to, just, to just go to him and say, oh, Lord, we want to we do this in our community or we want to do that in our world, that you could go to him with some pretty outrageous requests. And for you guys as individuals, what is your request? Just ask. He loves you. Does it mean it's always going to be worked out exactly the way you thought? No, not necessarily. But he loves you, and he longs to fulfill his people's desires, and he longs to take you guys as a group into the next season. He wants to bring fulfillment. He wants you to walk in the full manifestation of what he promised. I encourage you, do not settle. Do not settle. Because it's going to matter to you at the end of this life, which is just a moment away. It's a very quick life. And it's going to matter greatly to you that you did not settle. Each day goes by like this. And the older you get, the quicker it goes. Do not settle. Go forward into all of it. Go forward into the fulfillment of what he's called you to. You'll be so glad you did. So let's end with prayer. Thank you, Lord. Father, we know and we can sense that you're doing a new thing. We can sense, Father, that you are um, bringing these people into a fullness and individuals into fullness. And I, I just uh, see a fire underneath your feet, and I feel like the Lord says, I've lit a fire under their feet, and they cannot, they will not be able to stay where they've been. And he's done it because he loves you. It's actually a reward. You could be like, well, this is uncomfortable. We can't stay here anymore. We can't stay here anymore. But it's a reward. And so if you feel like, man, God has been lighting a fire under my feet, or another way to put it is he's been unfeathering your nest. And it's just sticky and uncomfortable, and you find that you can't stay there one minute longer. That's actually a reward from him. It's because he loves you, and he wants to take you on. And he, you, he never intended that you, like, camped in the nest for the rest of your life. You're supposed to be flying. And so, Lord, we praise you. We thank you. And I pray release over this group of people, Father. Release to soar. Release to fly. Release to go forward, God.
release in every way, release and, um, from past offense or past experience or past disappointment. And we do take authority over a spirit of disappointment and we evict it in the mighty name of Jesus. We evict a spirit of disappointment and we say no more. No more. I feel like the Lord says, turn the page, start a new chapter. Disappointment no longer has any rights to you. It has no rights to dictate to you what to do and what not to do because you might be disappointed. Fear of disappointment must go in Jesus' name. And I just see the Lord releasing individuals into more fullness of ministry. And that faith has come. Faith, faith uh, for specific ministries, I feel like the Lord says faith has come. And so um, I'm just going to be up here if you um, would like to come pray, if that's okay, John. That um, as we close, if you um, just feel like the Lord is releasing you, and uh, let's seal it with prayer. Let's seal it that way. And, um, but so that you don't leave today without saying, yeah, God is releasing me, challenging me to go forward into these new things. And, and we'll pray it and we'll seal it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Can we thank Amen. Paul? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. It was about a month and a half ago that we had uh, decided that we weren't going to have any more guest speakers for the end of the year, and then I was in prayer, and I felt strongly impressed to have Paula come down, and I felt like uh, the Lord said, because it, she'll bring a spirit of encouragement, which people need right now, and that's what that was, <laughs> so I was right, uh, but also I'd like to say this, um, one of the things we do in the way you honor is through our financial gifts, so we want to honor the prophet with financial giving. So I want to receive an offering for her right now. So if, let's just pray and you ask the Lord what he would have you sow into uh, her. She has sown into us. She brought a spiritual gift and deposited it. Let's bless her in return. Amen. And uh, God is not mocked. Uh, you sow to the spirit, you reap spiritual rewards. Jesus, I pray right now that you would speak to every heart of what to uh, honor uh, your prophet with. And we will give it to her fully and with great joy in Jesus mighty name so you just make your uh, checks out the GPC we'll make sure it all goes there also as come down guys as the uh, baskets are going around that uh, guest card that I asked you to write down what you would like to um, hear hang on just for a second so they know the instruction um what you would like to know about the Holy Spirit that maybe we haven't covered yet or maybe you'd like us to revisit Drop that in this basket right here, and then um, I'll look at those this week. Tuesdays is my study day. I will look over your cards. I'll pray over them and see what the Holy Spirit would have me do for next Sunday. But, uh, all right, so go ahead and receive it. Yeah. You can also email at info at gatheringplacechurch.org, info. Also, it's freezing in here. It's, it's not just you. You look like you're ready to go skiing. It's not just you. It's, is it cold in here? Man, it's cold in here. You brought the heat. But I tell you what, there's some cold. So let's receive the offering. And uh, God bless you guys. After you give, uh, you're free to come down. I like to have the prayer teams after you uh, give what you want to give. The prayer team's going to make their way down. 
If you've never given your life to Jesus, today is the day. So you come down as well. We'll pray with you as you give your life to Jesus Christ, and He'll cleanse you of all your sin. You'll experience the peace of the Lord, and uh, you, you will never experience peace like you will when you give your life to Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace, and that's what this season is all about. So after you give, you're free to come down and pray. You're free to come down and have Paula pray with you, or you're free to go on out and fellowship. God bless you, Gathering Place Church.